I am Alan C. Gardner, and with me is my, my good buddy Clinton Cornwell, and welcome to Story Life, our podcast about filmmaking and feelings and how these good old brains of ours work and what, what we're up to. As Alan said, my name is Clinton Cornwell. <laughs> I'm a filmmaker, directed a couple different feature films, like 15 short films. really love working with actors, and I've done a lot of dramatic improv films. And my first feature film, 12 Months, is out on the festival circuit right now, so check it out if you can. I have, I've directed or co-directed and written and produced and uh, acted and edited in some movies. Cold Feet's the latest one that's out there now on Amazon Prime and uh, the Roku channel. And other platforms. We're recording this intro for an episode that we recorded two years and three months ago. So there's a bit of a, a time capsule thing going on right now with our with our intros. Yep. We'll discuss our conversation, reflect on our conversation uh, after the episode. But I just want to say before we lead into it that I think this episode, episode two, is really indicative of what this show is and what this show is going to be. If you like what you hear, I mean, we're going to keep that kind of content coming. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just yes. When when, when did yes. we last record? All right. So we last recorded. Time is moving funny. Yeah, it is moving funny, dude. It's what's today? The twenty seventh. We last recorded on March eighteenth. So it's already been nine days since it's we. It's been had, nine uh, days. Shit. Did you get anything so, useful done in those nine days? Yes, definitely. It's been productive. I'm also, you know, co-raising a person. So that's always uh, <laughs> that's always something useful going on there too. Yeah, honestly, it's been a really good nine days. Tuesday was a really rough day just because it was one of those days where I kind of uh, prone to happen from time to time, kind of hit a wall just in terms of uh, feeling you know not great about myself um, and, yeah. and my accomplishments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Which you know, especially with in stressful circumstances, and you know, just planning ahead for you know our. Our second kid coming in July and obviously the state of affairs in the world and just, you know, general stresses and everything going on. It was just one of those days for for a while there. I just wasn't feeling uh, I was a little a little depressed for for a few hours there. But then I bounced back uh, big time that night and especially the next day. So anyway, uh, besides whoa, whoa, that, wait, wait, let's, really not, great let's not rush days. past. Let's not rush past that. <laughs> That's the most important anyway, thing. Anyway, I sunk into a pit of despair for a few hours and wondered <laughs> <laughs> the hell I was doing uh, career-wise. Okay, I mean, I'm sorry way. that you had Moving to go through on. that. Those are always tough. Uh, don't. Yeah, it happens. It happens. If you're, if you will, if you're willing to. Sure. Let's get into sure. that. I mean, I go through that too, and have been going through a lot of that often. What did that consist of? Like, like what did that look like? Uh, not, not just like emotionally, but physically. Like, what were you doing? Give me, give me a breakdown of this. My wife and I were just talking about certain uh, practicalities um, with like insurance and whatnot. We have insurance, but wanting to get better insurance, mm-hmm. you know, how we would go about getting that better insurance. It was one of those things where I could feel like, and this is how it usually goes. It's like I had a certain degree of anxiety about the state of my career and kind of like an undercurrent mm-hmm. kind of going on for, for a little while there. And then every now and then like a certain subject that is brought up will kind of like touch in on that undercurrent and make it well up to the surface. And next thing you know, I'm kind of, it's, you know, I feel kind of like flooded by this sense of I'm not good enough. I haven't accomplished enough. All these things I've had so much conviction about my whole life. I've been wrong. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, just kind of that's, that's the kind of thing with me. It's like when I go down, I go down really hard and really 
and pretty quickly, and I kind of just, you know, have that spiral happen. I consider myself fortunate for, well, for many reasons, but in regards to this, you know, particular matter. One, kind of like when my depression rears its head, it happens pretty quickly. It gets pretty bad pretty quickly, but it doesn't really linger for that long. Like I don't, um, some people, you know, everyone's different and some people, you know, obviously deal with depression to a very severe degree. Again, I'm fortunate in that regard where I feel like when mine comes, it's, it's pretty bad, but it's usually for a few hours or a day. And then, you know, I have it at bay for, for a while, typically, sometimes for weeks on end, sometimes months on end. So I don't have kind of like a lingering depression that lasts for, for days or weeks or months. This discussion of health insurance sort of made you go down the mental spiral of, oh, if I was in like a more traditional career, I'd have better, better health insurance. And now this path that I've chosen, it's so difficult to get good insurance. Yeah. And how am I going to I mean, that's this a out? big part. Yeah. And you know this already. Like I, I'm so incredibly happy with, with my life. Um, I'm so fortunate to have you know my wife and my son, and I can't wait for our new uh, baby boy to arrive. And you know my family is everything to me. And I've always been really lucky with my family and friends. I mean that's my relationships are everything. And career wise and creatively, like I, I'm pretty happy overall too. You know I get to do work that means a lot to me with people I love and respect. And I'm really proud of what I've done. At the same time, there are points of frustration because, you know, when you're juggling in the day jobs and just trying, you know, scraping by to make ends meet. And especially now, because I've really had to, I've always prided myself a lot on on being able to juggle things and to to get a lot done and time management. Yeah. But, you know, when you have a, when you have a kid, it becomes even more difficult. I mean, first of all, I, I want to spend as much time with, with my children as, as possible, regardless. Yeah. But, you know, we can't really, like, afford, like, any kind of uh, daycare. Not that we necessarily want that right now, but, you know, fairly soon. Anyway, it just, it's just getting, it's gotten really tough to juggle everything. And my top priority, obviously, is to be the best father and the best husband I can be. And so then when it comes to my projects, you know, I, I basically have made a point of chipping away at them as best as I can with as much time as I can get in a day. Like, you know, I'm always trying to get up uh, before my son wakes up, but that can be pretty unpredictable. And so I keep, you know, setting the, the alarm clock earlier and earlier, and he <laughs> tends to keep get, <laughs> getting up earlier and earlier as well. Uh, so anyway. So question, and then uh, you on know, that end, so yeah. you're saying time yes. management is getting more difficult, having children and trying to have time a management, career. Time management is 100% getting more difficult, yeah. Especially, so, again, since I want, I want to be incredibly present for my son and soon to be for my sons. So do you feel like your projects are getting fallen to the wayside? You're not getting as much done as you traditionally do. Like where's the difficulty coming to bear the most? Well, a few things. One, I'm always, I've always been too hard on myself, uh, my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten much better over the years about, you know, recognizing the fact that like, I'm, cause I'm a very hard worker Yeah, and I have a really strong work ethic and I'm all, and I'm, you know, I pride myself on getting things done. But something I probably used to have was like, no matter how much I would do, I'd be like, it's never enough. It's never enough. You're never going to be good enough. And so like, you know, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't really appreciate what I had accomplished and what I was doing. So I've had to work on that a lot. And now I'm, I'm pretty good about that overall and not beating myself up too much. But, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we all tend to be like, I'm my own worst enemy and my own, you know, harshest critic. My priority is absolutely spending time with my son and my wife. And then, of course, you know, I need to be bringing in as much money as I can to sustain things because I'm chipping away at, you know, a bunch of uh, debt 
from Cold Feet. Because I call it always like, you know, over the years, like I, basically most of my movies are self-financed. To so a there's always degree. a cycle of debt. Yeah, there's always a cycle of debt. Now, what I didn't know is when I did Cold Feet was that, you know, I left myself with, you know, we made that movie and I had $10. I had $10 and I had tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And I didn't know I was about to fall in love. And then, you know, in quick order, like, you know, get married and, and, uh, and have, have a son. And about to have about to have two sons. There was just a lot there as far as like, okay, like, all right, obviously I need to like make sure that I was paying off that debt, bringing enough money to pay pay rent and bills and this, that, and the other. Cause it was it really quickly went from it was no longer just me. Cause that was the thing, is like I used to take out all the credit cards I could and max them all out and be like, well, you know, I'm gonna anything to make my movies happen, right? Yeah. And I'm not responsible for anyone else. But you know, my responsibility I felt like was to my team and to making sure that, you know, I was making these movies happen one way or another. So I put myself in a really rough spot uh financially with cold feet. And so there's that. So I'm playing all this catch up on in that regard and this, you know, just trying to make sure that again, like spending as much time with my son and my wife as I can and getting the bills paid, get my debts paid off, you know, getting ready financially for the new baby, because we're basically, you know, bursting at the seams with our in our apartment right now. Like we need to get a bigger place fairly yeah, soon. Yeah, um, you know, I just got a new. I get re- fairly recently got a new car, so I need like to get like a family vehicle. I've been driving the same car for seventeen years, stuff like that. So all these, you know, financial obligations, responsibilities, what have you. So then, you know, in the midst of all that, I'm I'm also trying to finishing up post production on Save Yourself and Cold Feet just a little while back, right after you know first found out. We're going to have Lyle. And so, you know, got that done. And then, you know, I shot, I wrote and shot another movie during that time too. And I've been slowly chipping away in post on that. And then I'm working on a play that I've been working on for a while now. Anyway, so all these things and then outside projects that I've been, you know, that I've been fortunate enough to be cast in. I'm just juggling the best I can. I feel really good about how I'm handling it all, but there are definitely times where it can get pretty tough. And there are times, I think a lot of the frustration too on Tuesday was like when you're struggling so hard to like, you know, just to pay the bills and just to stay afloat, you know, mm-hmm. um, and having to in, work at these, at, at day jobs. And I'm always, you know, very grateful for the gigs that I, for the jobs that I get, but you know, we all want to have more time to make our art, but of course, yeah, I mean, my top priority by far now is to my family. So I got to make sure I'm being accountable to them and also make sure that I'm continuing to walk my path as an artist as well, because me being a storyteller is inextricable, you know, that's that part of me is inextricable from the rest of me. It defines me in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, it defines my, my, my empathy, my compassion, my, you know, my, my capacity for love and joy and all these things. And those qualities about me very much feed into my work. You know, those things define the stories that I tell and what I have to give as an actor, writer, director, what have you. So they're very much, you know, intertwined. The things that I've always like, you know, worried about being are things that I know I will never be, which whether it's like, you know, used to be whether it's like a bad person, a bad father, bad what have you, because again, I'm so hard on myself and I'm so the most important thing to me is that I'm, you know, as far as a quality goes as a person is that I'm kind and compassionate. If I'm not those things, then I don't care how you know, good I am at anything else. Yeah. Like, I don't really give a fuck about how smart or clever or whatever someone is if they're not kind and compassionate. I just don't care. These are the things I think about every day. And these are the things I'm definitely writing about and, you know, that are defining my work is just trying to, you know, every day I'm kind of recalibrating my juggling skills. I also know, too, that, like, in order to be the best father I can be, I also have to keep 
doing the thing that I'm passionate about, which is creatively speaking and saying what it is I have to say, which is, you know, filmmaking, which is storytelling, acting, writing, directing. I have to do those things. Yeah. I can't be one of those people who, you know, because there's a lot of people who, and I get this too. It's like, you know, they become parents and they feel like, you know, the responsible thing to do is to kind of like put aside any other like endeavors that aren't directly like bringing in money or this, that, and the other. If they're not to put aside anything that they feel like is going to be like irresponsible or whatever. Yeah. For whatever reason. And I also think that that's, I, 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 um, I appreciate the sentiment. I respect that, but I think that that's can be irresponsible as well. Cause next thing you know, certain parents will start projecting onto their kids, start trying to live vicariously onto the kids or start kind of like if, if it's a parent who like, um, let their own dream die, simply put, then they might either become, you know, dream crushers themselves and discourage their children. Or, you know, push too hard for their children to accomplish certain things that they wish that they had. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So everything in life is about striking that balance. And the path that I've gone on has led me directly to this, you know, to the best things in my life, to being, to coming out to LA, first of all, to meeting my wife and to having this family. Yeah. So I know that being a storyteller and an actor and a writer, you know, all those things are me continuing on my path, but the path I need to be on. So anyway... Yes, basically Tuesday just kind of came to a head where just the stress of, because every day really is, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to juggle all this and to keep, you know, making strides creatively. And then also on the business side of things, trying to get myself and my work out there more. So eventually I can let go of the day jobs and have more time to be creatively fulfilled. And the way I look at it too is like, you know, everything I'm doing, I'm trying to set the best example possible for my children. But at the same time, you know, the best thing I can do for them ultimately is to be there to be present for them. So I know it's going to continue every day of my life from now on, it'll continue to be a juggling act and me trying to strike the right balance as much as possible. And I'm, you know, totally cool with that. I'm just going to do the best that I can. But on Tuesday, I basically felt my brain and my heart break a bit because I felt like I was just going to, you know, fail. Like I was like I was wrong, you know. How does how does that how does that how does your heart breaking and and this depression externalize itself? Like, what are you actually doing during this time? Um, well, like you know, talking talking to my wife about it, and like, do you go curl uh, up in a ball and you know lay in the fetal position? Uh, do you just go stare blankly? Well, it's funny is I did wall? I came upstairs and I did kind of like I did just kind of like ball. I bawled like crazy. Like I haven't bawled in. You know, and I'm not someone who, you know, I, I cry like a, <laughs> a healthy amount, but like I bawled, like I just like broke down. I came upstairs. I'm just like, I'm just going to come up here and lose. I got to lose my shit for just a, like five minutes. You told and your so wife I did that? Almost. What's that? Did you tell your sure. wife that? Oh, yeah. She knows. Yeah. I mean, I started just losing my shit when I was downstairs, like talking to her. I just like, I just wept. Uh, <laughs> and then I just came upstairs. I'm like, I got to go, you know, kind of get this out. Uh, how did she, how did she react to that? She understands. I mean, she knows me. Like she knows, you know, I'm a very emotional person. And um yeah, she wanted me to kind of like she knows I need to go through whatever it is that I'm going through. And she also knows that I won't be so indulgent about it. Like my thing was I need I wanted to come upstairs and kind of like go through it because you can't just like, you know, cast these feelings aside. Mm-hmm. Um they're not going to go anywhere. You either deal with them or they just fester and they turn into something ugly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to go upstairs and like fall apart for a few minutes. So then I can come back down and like hold my kid, engage with them. But I needed to like kind of feel all that. So I did. And, you know, gradually throughout the day, I started feeling better and better. So it's like you had this big eruption. And then throughout the the rest of the day, you were kind of like feeling like shit as like an aftershock. 
but you eventually came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, like little aftershocks, and it kind of like feel like a wave of kind of like relief, and then I would still kind of feel like a little like, you know, I'm a disappointment, like I've let my, you know, I've, you know, all those negative things we can get caught up in sometimes. Um, and I was just kind of going through it. And this is stuff that, you know, I've dealt with since I was very young. I can remember dealing with it when I was three. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's that it's, it's that at the core of it is the sense that I'm not good enough. I don't deserve love or recognition. Uh, I'll never be good enough. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I do, I'll always feel like I'm coming up short. Yeah. And that's kind of like my, as for a lot of, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people, that's my main demon <laughs> is that uh, neuroses, that, um, that anxiety. I've kind of dealt with my whole life. Yeah. And so, and I've become a lot better at, and now it's like, because the older I've gotten to, and the more I've gone through it and dealt with it, and the more I've communicated about it, and the more I've, you know, uh, told stories that allow me to deal with it, those battles are waged, you know, a lot less frequently because I, you know, more often than not now, I feel pretty happy. I feel, you know, pretty, I'm a pretty joyful person, but every now and then, you know, that, that whatever, that demon will still kind of rear its head and and then I have to deal with it again. Um, and I've kind of, you know, at peace with the fact too, like, I know it's not going to like completely ever, you know, completely go away and it's grown like much less powerful, like, uh, as the years have gone by and I'm able to deal with it in a healthier way than I was when I was a teenager, for instance. Uh, cause now I can actually, you know, I can talk about my feelings. Uh, when I was a teenager, I always judge myself for them and not communicate them and yeah. shit would get bad because of that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. So then by the end of the night, like I felt really good. I was in a good place. And then that night I got a really kind email from an actress who I've known of, like, I didn't know her person, but I've known her for work, like for years. And she had watched Save Yourself on Amazon, like reached out with an incredibly kind email. Oh, thanks. And that was kind of a really well-timed thing. My my son was crying and I came in to his room to rub his back and put him back to sleep. And I was checking my my email, rubbing his back with my left hand and and, uh, checking my email with my right hand and kind of got that email at a really wonderful time. Did you respond to her? I did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I was I was very thankful. And those t- things kind of tend to happen now too. I realize like I'm very fortunate. Like just, you know, on the day where I'm like I you know, I suck like whatever, like you know, I'm a disappointment like this that and the other, then I'll get like the kindest message from someone who like really responded to my work is kind of like very sweetly like lavishing me with praise and insisting that I keep. And it's kind of funny. It's almost as if she you know, she had obviously had no idea. She didn't know me at all. But it's almost as if she knew, like, the struggle I was going through that day, you know? And yeah. she's like, you just got to keep doing what you're doing. She's like, you're, you know, I, I won't say the word she used because then I might feel embarrassed or, like, I'm accidentally bragging. But, like, no, no, say it. Why it not? Was, Why not? It was very, it was, ah, it was What did very she say? Kind. She it said it. You're not kind. making this shit up. No, I know. I know. I know. I still feel, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was basically, uh, Yes, it what was like, said, come already, on, you gotta about- own this shit, come on. Ah, jeez. What was the word? What's this word that you're uncomfortable to say? Genius. <laughs> that's great, man, that's not, yeah. I mean, yeah, people people say that stuff, that's It's that's very good. kind, it's okay. no, 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 I just, no, trust me, reading it, like, I don't say, like, obviously, like, it was, it's just, I'm reluctant to say it out loud because obviously you, anyway you it was, are it was very kind okay well i'm not i'm not gonna call you a genius <laughs> i don't think you're a genius let's let's put that let's put, i mean that's that's not a dig on you or anything like that it's just a genius is kind of a, a very rare thing but you are worthy 
to receive an email and to receive praise from somebody in the form of them calling you a genius. Fair enough. I think that 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 is fair. So yeah, own that shit. Cool. No, I feel like uh, yeah. For me, it's yeah. I just I'm glad that whenever my work like you know resonates with someone like an emotional level and uh, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It feels real good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so basically, it was just an email basically saying, like, you got to keep doing what you're doing. Keep telling more stories. Again, as if she had known, like, uh, the kind of internal struggle I had had earlier that day, which yeah. she did not. But my favorite is when I make people cry. Sometimes. When I see people cry from my work, That's that always sticks with me. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just when it connects with them. Yeah, like, yeah, on that level. I just like to emotionally um, devastate them. You know, that's what I really... <laughs> no, that that part I'm joking about, but but actually, yeah, seeing people cry is really nice because it's uh, sort of like, you know, I think there's this thing. I have the same thing that you do, where I think, you know, I'm not one. I'm not worthy of the praise, no matter what I do, and two, that any praise that I receive is is fake, or they're just saying it to be nice to mm-hmm. me or whatever. And so when you see somebody cry, it's you know, it's hard to sure. refute that as being fake. You know, it's 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 a very real emotion in, in that moment. So, and yeah, I think at this point too, it's like I, whenever I get the that kind of praise now, because uh, I mean, I've been very fortunate to hear from increasingly more and more people over the last few years uh, with kind words along those lines. When I'm creating something, like I know that I'm putting out work that really means something to me, and it kind of it says something that I need to say. And so it makes it has an emotional like impact on me, like as I'm doing it, you know what I mean? Like I'm very emotionally connected to it. So for me, like when someone responds to it in that way, whatever it is that they call me or the or the film, if they're like engaging with it on that level, yeah, then it's just for me the nicest thing is like, oh, because my work is so personal, it just makes you feel like less alone in the world, and yeah. it makes you feel even more connected. Now, obviously, you know, I feel very I mean, now in my life, like I don't feel that alone clearly but that's something that, again like i dealt with a lot as a kid and my favorite f- you know films and songs and and tv shows and what have you like always made me feel less alone like because you know i kind of like felt like i never really belonged anywhere mm-hmm. you know you still deal with that at, at times uh but i mean it used to be like a recurring feeling for me it was like a defining feeling for me that i happened to be the one person who was like truly undeserving of of love <laughs> yeah it's funny how we <laughs> We uh, feel that way about ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, like, logically, like, I knew, like, I've got, you know, very loving, you know, since I was a kid, like, you know, parents, family, then, like, gradually more and more of the, like, friends, and now my wonderful wife and son, and all these people who I know logically who do love me, but in those moments where you go down, like, you know, like I said, I can go down pretty hard, pretty fast. (laughs) When I'm going through it like that, too, I always know in the back of my head that the next, like, the the days that follow those kind of, like, moments of depression are always, I really bounce back really hard. And I feel even, you know, better than ever. That's good that you can have that maturity to know that about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't really bring me comfort when I'm in the, you know, the pit of despair. Oh, no, it never does, But at least I know it (laughs) in the back of my head. I'm like, all right, I know tomorrow's going to be better. That's I know that's how I operate. That's how I work. Like I'll go down really hard, but then like I'll use it. You know what I mean? I'll I'll allow it to kind of like, you know, refine my perspective even more. Like I try to as much as possible and to like bolster my conviction even more. Yeah. Cause that's something I'm proud of too. Like, you know, I was telling this to my wife the other day too, where because I am a very positive, very like happy person. And I've always been kind of proud of that because it was never like for me, it was never um it was kind of always hard won. Because I kind of like felt my nature like as a child was like, I felt like this inherent like sadness 
and like mm-hmm. I didn't belong. So I kind of like had to make a choice every day to be positive and to feel like things could get better and to try to connect with people. And I just kind of continued to do that until that became like my natural disposition. There you go. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's kind of the point of the show. And that's why I was sort of like, you know, trying to dig into the layers there a little bit because, uh, sure. I think you and me, I mean, I, and, and just as a human being, but especially like as a, as a creative, you sit on a lot of your things as much as we are practiced in telling stories, we're not always practiced in sort of explaining ourselves the details of what we're going through. And certainly uh, polite society has not trained us very well to really uh, dive into the minutia of things like, for example, our depression. But, you know, I think that stuff is interesting and worthy to be talked about so that's why i was you know scratching that and i certainly go through a lot of the same things and certainly all of this coronavirus stuff has sure had a large impact on my emotional state and and as a result my productivity right and you know i it's just i think the uncertainty of everything that we're going through is making it hard for me to feel motivated to get anything done just because we're in a place right now with our work as filmmakers where there's really, you know, we know this is going to end eventually, but when that time period is, is extremely uncertain and far, far out of our control. And so I've had, uh, you know, I've had a hard time really, you know, getting going. I should be taking this time to write but it also all feels kind of pointless so i haven't quite found my feet in terms of finding a personal rhythm and being able to actually put pen to paper in the same way that i normally am able to right but i think you know talking to a lot of other people a lot of other writers and creatives directors and stuff like that you know everybody's kind of feeling that same way because you know it's important to remember we're going through a disaster in a lot of ways and just because this disaster affords us perhaps the opportunity to in terms of time to write or or do certain endeavors in the way that we weren't able to before because we don't have to go to work or whatever uh the emotion of the disaster is still very real and that emotion clogs up your um you know creative creative pipelines as much as anything and so sure you know i've been you know still just trying to break things down into their smallest pieces possible and you know instead of moving boulders and just moving little pebbles uh but that's still something and i hope that you know as this goes on which it seems like it might go on for a while you know kind of sort of regain the strength in this new state of the world to move back to boulders in terms of writing instead of pebbles again um but also you know affording myself a level of forgiveness in these times is important that's why it's important to keep in mind that it is a disaster and not have this expectation that oh i have more free time i should you know i've always been wanting more free time and now i have it time to you know, use it to its maximum effect, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just forgiving yourself for not being able to do that because you don't want to kind of create this emotional uh, spiral of, I have this time to work, 
but I'm not working, so I'm worthless because I'm not working, so I'm worthless because I'm not working, you know. So right. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm dealing with that too. I still, you know, I, I uh, did a little bit of a polish of a draft of a short that I'm supposed to be. <laughs> it was scheduled to be shot a week from now, but that's not happening. Um, right. So just. Yeah, I worked on that and, you know, kind of putting together a small outline for the next short that's going to be shot after that and also doing some small post-production things for 12 months. But it's tough, man. I, you know, I, it's, I mean, I envy your family anyway, but I especially envy it now because you have something that sort of centers you and kind of can keep you on task. And I'm sort of isolated yeah. in my apartment all alone, uh, which don't, don't get me wrong, has benefits at times as well. But I think having sure. that um, sort of life to be accountable to can really keep you focused in times like these. Yeah, because my son, you know, he doesn't know what's going on <laughs> in the world. Like his uh, his schedule hasn't changed outside of, you know, unfortunately, we can't take him to to visit uh, his grandma and grandpa or, you know, aunts and uncles down the road right now. Um, but he's, he's actually, you know, he's just pretty stoked that his mom and I are, are both here basically all the time. It's working, <laughs> it's working out well for Lyle. Yeah. I love spending time with my family. So it's been good in a lot of ways. You know, obviously I wish that didn't have to come at, you know, such a cost for so many others. Um, I, of course, but these are the, these are the circumstances and we're trying to do our best, be responsible and, and stay inside and not inadvertently, you know, catch anything and therefore yeah. spread anything or whatnot. So we're doing our best there. And then, like I said, like, you know, every day I'm basically trying to figure out, and it's something I was trying to do before this anyway, it was just kind of like each day I'm looking for the times that I can work in and carving out the times that I can't like, you know, doing this right now was some time I carved out today. It's like, okay, I can have like X amount of time to get some of my creative endeavors done and like making my to-do lists and just figuring out what I can chip away at every day yeah, as much as possible. Definitely. So, Yeah. I think scheduling that stuff is important, too, because it kind of keeps you, I mean, at least for me, putting it in the calendar and say, you know, no matter what, during this time, I'm going to show oh, up yeah. and I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do something during yeah. this time. Absolutely. It, I'm huge on to-do lists and setting schedules and just like, yeah, making yourself accountable. That's one way to kind of like, you know, rein in the chaos and like organize things. Well, I think on the to-do list front, that's a really good one because I think how you make your to-do list is important as well like if you make a to-do list of like win an oscar or um that's not <laughs> clean, clean uh, like or like write a script or make a movie or get better you know right get get more friendships if you do these like really broad general hard to attain goals like a to-do list be can become a sort of albatross in your life but if you're good at making to-do lists and you break you write on your to-do list very small specific attainable immediately yes. things um then it can be a huge asset like you were touching on earlier like you know you got to break things down into like digestible chunks or whatnot like things that, yeah like you got to figure out how you can chip away at these monoliths of goals you know these things that like you said can become like an albatross for people yeah i mean that's where a lot of people trip up is they're like, okay, I'm going to write a screenplay or I'm going to make a movie or whatever. Because making a film, like, especially if you're doing like, you know, from writing the script and then going all the way through post, I mean, it's a huge undertaking. I get overwhelmed by it all the time and I've done it a bunch, man. Oh, Every yeah. time I think about the entirety of making a film, my, yeah. I basically, my mind shuts down 
It's like a computer that has gotten too much data to process at one time. And so it just freezes up. And I have to remind myself, no, 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 no. We don't have to do all of that right now. Let's, what's the small thing? What's the small next little step? Every now and then I like to think about the universe and how big it is and how small we are and how long the universe has been (laughs) around. And every now and then it's kind of nice to have that certain perspective and i wonder at it but then also this it's the same kind of thing it's too big i can't i can't comprehend it and my mind starts to feel very uncomfortable so no i get that and yeah i still like i'm still intimidated like especially by screenwriting and i've written a lot and yeah it's still scary every time i sit down to write especially the first few pages most of my work as a writer is just reminding myself to focus on the next sentence and the next word and just just write it down. Just write, right. write, write it yeah. down. What's in your head? Just write it down. Stop yeah. thinking about the whole document. And I said it to a lot of people who want to to write screenplays too. And for me, it's a comforting thing. I'm like, just so you know, like, you know, I've written like 30 something feature scripts and it's never not intimidating. It's never not difficult. I'm never not scared to, at, at some point during the writing process. I'm always going to find myself scared at some point. I'm always going to reach a point where I'm like, is anyone going to care about, about this or, or, you know, whatever. It's always going to be intimidating. And for me, that's kind of like a source of, would be like a source of comfort. Just like, just if you embrace that fact, just know that going into it, it's going to be difficult and you're going to get frustrated. So just kind of accept that fact. You know what I mean? If it's worth it to you, if the story that you're trying to tell is really worth it to you, then you're going to do it regardless. Yeah. But just don't, because I think some people like what happens is then they get into the thick of it. Like, oh man, this is hard. Or I'm scared. Or I'm like worried that no one's going to like, like it or like whatever. You know what I mean? And for me, it's like, oh, just so you know, like people who've written like a lot, like, you know, we all like feel that way as well. So just so you know, that's a natural part. It doesn't mean you should stop. I guess the thing is some people think that think that's, you know, that they should stop if they feel those things. It's like, no, no, keep going. You're going to feel that stuff regardless. So yeah. it's okay to feel those things. It doesn't mean you're like, you're unworthy or that you shouldn't write. And for anything, you know, for me, it probably means even more so that you should be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Every undertaking of mine is like, scares me at some point. Projecting that we're going to meet again, soon what would you have liked to have gotten done between now and then oh i like this i like this question and why do you want to get it done between now and then yeah it doesn't have to be exhaustive but just uh, just uh, some things that are important that we can then circle back around to next time we talk so from like a business career standpoint like i want to have emailed at least uh 50 reps like 50 agents or managers whether it be for because i'm about to send out more emails you know, looking for acting representation and writing and directing as well. So I want to have done that and tied into that. I want to have finished cutting my uh, filmmaker reel together and to have made a, a, you know, decent amount more progress on the, uh, the breaker breaker outline. That's the, the script I'm working on right now. I would love to have finished that outline in a week. Hopefully I can. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. I, I know I can come close at least. Yeah. Ideally, I can have it done, but I'll definitely come close. I'm getting there. I'm circling it. Okay. So anyway. All right. Yeah. What about you? A week from now, I would have liked to have written the first draft of one of my short films, the horror short films called The Urge. kind of have a rough outline of it right now. I would like to have done another pass on another short film, which is In the Dark. And I would have liked to have like a outline slash rough treatment type thing for a third short film 
TBD which one. But I'd like to have those three things done by the next time we meet. Just because uh, cool. that's the, pro- I mean, the, the main project I'm shooting now is this anthology. Even though we're not sure when we'll be able to pick it up again, I would like to, whenever that time comes, to be able to hit the ground running as much as possible. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I look forward to, uh, to us checking back in. Yeah. Um, and uh, just gloating about how we achieved our goals. And uh, just, you know, laughing. <laughs> or failing and that's okay too but you know come on have some accountability <laughs> yeah. man F- what the fuck cuts you a week from now <laughs> i'm a disappointment yeah i just decided to have my my breakdown like i'm gonna like i'm gonna hold my next break i'm gonna save it i'm gonna put a pin in it until we record again and then i'll just like so all those questions you had earlier then you can just be oh this is what it's like when he falls apart <laughs> yeah i mean that's so. that's some great content right there man <laughs> Alan, Alan, what did you what did you think about our conversation <laughs> from two years ago? Good lord, uh, good on lord! The second episode we recorded of this little filmmaker podcast we have. I gotta say, a lot of feelings. It was a real roller coaster ride. It was a good reminder of uh, my neuroses. No, it was it was a lot of a lot of things. I, I, de- I definitely um, everything I'm talking about that we're talking about there. I, I definitely still respond to and. It's cool, like listening to me talk about certain things like the cold feet debt, for instance. I'm still working my way out of the cold feet debt, but I'm so I much thought about that too. I'm so much terror. closer now than I was, uh, so that's, that's nice. Good. Um, so I remember me from two years and three months ago being deeply entrenched in the cold feet debt, and now I'm like, oh, I can actually see uh, the light at the end of the tunnel there. I get like my neuroses about certain things. There's a couple things that you queue up that are like unintentionally like were like traps for me, or felt like traps. <laughs> Where you're like, uh, oh, you're first talking about the back burner because I get in this thing where like one of my pet peeves is feeling misunderstood as a person. And then one of my big, I'll just go with the weakness, whatever. Something I'm always working on is I, I tend to feel the need to over explain myself. And yeah. that has certainly happened many times with us uh, through the, naturally through the course of these conversations. I mean, we're talking about things that I'm very, very sensitive about and things that are on my mind. That's yeah. you know, part of the whole thing. So you're asking me about, you know, I'm, a, you know newish father and talking about like the juggle of you know being a father and a filmmaker and whatnot and and me yeah i can just hear my, my questions s- were pretty pointy i had some pretty pointy yeah questions. every now and then i'm like dang clinton like what <laughs> are you like you get into like interrogator mode for a little bit there i was like oof and then there was the one because also again like my particular like insecurities and whatnot because at first you asked me about like oh do you feel like your films you're having to back burner certain things i'm like oh well it's not really like when you become a parent it's not like about back burning anymore it's just like everything Everything takes a backseat, basically, um, to being a parent. Yeah. It's funny because I was telling my, I was telling Chelsea about this just a little while ago and I was re-listening to episode two. I'm like, oh man, like there's a couple things in here just like that are like traps for me. And she's like, how so? And then I explained it to her. And like I'm like, yeah, it's tough for me. Like anytime I'm in a position where and a lot of it's just like in my head, but like where I feel like I have to like explain myself or justify certain things. Because certain things, like if I get asked a certain thing, it might make me like I'm like, oh, am I coming across as a filmmaker who's not like dedicated to like this, that, or the other or whatever? And then so no, I'm talking no. about the importance well, of being I'm, a father I'm, and like how that's kind of like yeah. everything. And then well, the other I, trap was when you had me say what the actress said that I, she thought I was, which was uh, she called me a genius. And it's like you just teed me up for that just so you could tell me that I'm not. That was the other trap. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'll be grudging. I'm like, I don't want to say what she said. You're like, just say it. Just own it. Just say it. And I finally said it. And you're like, well, anyway, you're not. <laughs> so blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm like, geez, I can't win. 
But aside from those things, it was very like, again, this is all what's kind of cool here is like, again, it's just my neuroses, like full circle. Here we here we keep going, you know, round and round. But those are good stuff. That's good. That Those, those are very quality yeah. moments. And yes. let me say, one, I don't think you come off at all in any sort of bad way. And two, let me, you know, let me just say, you know, I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable <laughs> or felt anything that felt a little overly pointy. To me, it's not about those questions are never about or any of my questions are never really about judging or or or, you know, carving to a point with questions or trying to make you see something through my questions or anything like that. That's not what this space is about. That that stuff is purely about exploration and about bringing like a voice, making sure you're putting a voice to the specificity of like your experiences. Right. But but you know, and all, all the but since said, if it does end up feeling pointy to you, you know, I'm sorry for that. No, I, well, first of all, I appreciate that. Second of all, like, I mean, I think it's kind of like like everything we're talking about right now, and we're talking about that that episode. Like, not to get too, I don't think meta really applies here, but it's like it's kind of what it's all about. Is I think sometimes it's okay for me to have the feeling of like like I'll listen to a certain thing, and I'll be like. Because like I have no problem talking at length about a wide range of subjects, especially things that I'm really, you know, have a lot of conviction about. But there are definitely gonna be times where just through me being honest and also by virtue of the fact that I'm someone who is insecure in a lot of ways and also like worried about how I'm coming across. And less so now than, you know, every passing year, it's something I work on more and more and more. So it's almost good for me at times to have the feeling of like I never want to fucking do that again. Because fuck being that no. like it's like I don't want to do that again. But that's by virtue no. of the fact that it's so like honest and, and open. So I'm all for it. And that's why I kind of want to keep it all in as well. But that's also what's cool about these wraparounds is that we can kind of like put a little context and like clarify like how I was feeling about that conversation back then. And I think, you know, anyway, I think it's I think it's all good stuff. What also what I thought was interesting, too, is like as much as I felt uncomfortable in those moments, like when it came to me talking about how like, you know, how I was feeling depressed at the time, like how I broke down crying and all those things. Like, I didn't have any problem with any of that. Yeah. But I think it's a thing where it's like, there's two, like, especially now, like the biggest thing, the thing that I'm most sensitive about when talking about and where I can feel most inclined to like, Oh, I'm walking into a trap right now is anything to do with being a father. Uh, just cause I'm so, that's yeah. because it's, I can tell that it's, I just, it's just, it's, it's kind of like, it's everything. And so like, I can, mm-hmm. I can feel myself judging like, Oh, how am I like, am I like, because I, I definitely hear certain things that other parents say or other people say that I feel comes across in a way that like, oh, that doesn't really. And I'm not trying to be judgy of anyone either. So anyway. Yeah. But that and then before that, like, you know, as a as a, a filmmaker, like my work ethic is, you know, something I've always prided myself on. So it was kind of like, bef- you know, anything to do with those two things can be. Uh, yes, that's it. How about you? How did you feel about it? I mean, we haven't listened to the other episodes anytime recently. I hardly remember most of them, to be honest with you, that we recorded. I hope all the episodes end up being like that because I think it was a really great and thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for being willing to like dig into that stuff and share because I think that's the real value is sharing those ups and downs and sharing that really raw stuff and you being willing to to talk about sure. those things and put yourself out there like that's that's fantastic and that's that's our strength and hopefully the podcast will continue to be that um sure so I can't, if we're going to talk about these things, like I'm not, I'm going to be transparent. Otherwise, like what's the point? I think also it goes to like, again, my sensitivity about being, you know, a father and a filmmaker is I think we are so used to like, cause unfortunately there are so many people out there who will judge and who offer their unsolicited opinions, advice, uh, what have you. And 
uh, as a filmmaker, you know, for filmmakers or for parents and whatnot. And it drives me absolutely nuts. And so that's why I think sometimes too, when talking about those things, which obviously (laughs) I will continue to talk about in my day-to-day life and also like, you know, on this form, in this forum, um, you know, every now and then there'll be a a situation where, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to go down a, I'm definitely going to not have a hard time putting the shovel down as I'm teetering on the brink of that right now from digging myself, feeling like <laughs> from feeling like I'm digging myself into a hole and trying to dig my way out of it. It's tricky, man. They're just tri- it's just tricky shit to talk about, period. And especially if well, I, especially if I, I feel, mean, especially if I feel like my value, my my ability as I, you know, to do either one of those is like being called into to question uh, or being questioned yeah. or whatnot. Even if the person's not yeah. questioning it, if I feel like in my mind. If my neurosis is telling me that this is being questioned, I'm being judged, I'm being put on the spot, I'm being scrutinized right now. Or if I answer incorrectly, I will be any of those unsavory things. Whew. And for that, I get you. I mean, I feel misunderstood by the world a lot, too. So I I definitely relate to having a sensitivity but about that kind of stuff so some people but it's good for us to put it out there man all right so that's that's all we got thank you everybody for checking out episode two thank you guys you can contact us at wearestorylife at gmail.com also please check out our website wearestorylife.com where you'll find more information about us and what we do as well as links to our patreon and social media pages guys check me out on instagram or twitter if you guys want to connect or you can always ask us questions and make comments through our email address uh thanks again to our editor mr mike jimenez for all of his incredible work and thank you to all of our friends and family and loved ones for their immense support, uh, which enables us to do the work that we do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And also, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Vimeo at Alan C. Gardner and on Instagram at Alan C. Gardner Movies. We have many more episodes coming up, so please subscribe and join us next week. And this has been Clinton Cornwell. And Alan C. Gardner. This is the Story Live Podcast. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Thank you.